coffee. Done a fart. Ready to go. I'm glad that we are recording that because I want everyone to know exactly what it is I have to live with. Yeah, but you do realise like, I'm the editor, so I can cut my shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to, though, are you? No, not at all. <laughs> And welcome to Voice for TV. Hello and welcome to Voice for TV. In this podcast, we go away and we research random subjects and try and teach each other about those subjects. Yes, it's all about information and education, but actually what we end up doing usually is just filling our own heads full of nonsense facts. Yep. And subsequently, your heads. Hey! <laughs> what did you have today? Uh, today, I have the subjects of toys and games, mm-hmm. and I have our miscellaneous rounds. Excellent, and I've got... Film and musical theatre. That was very nice. Thank you. It's also the Halloween thing, so have you prepared anything for Halloween? I have not prepared anything for Halloween. We are recording this uh, two days out from Halloween. One day out. No, one day out. It's tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Halloween Um, is tomorrow. And it only occurred to me about five minutes before we hit record that... (laughs) Yeah. We could have themed this quite heavily and we didn't. I didn't think about it either, but coincidentally... My musical theatre one is a little bit Halloween-y regardless. Okay, good. That... And that's where we're going to start. Wait, okay, great. Oh, that was a fantastic doing? segue. I know. We're, it's, we're getting better at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the info dump bit, right? So, cool. And I did say that it, this is my Halloween-y one, so musical theatre... Uh, I want to talk about the worst musical ever to hit Broadway. Fantastic. Ever. Like, and what what metric are we using to measure the worst? Is it um, critically panned? Uh, we're talking loss of money and critical panning. Fantastic. There, is, there, is, there has been, since the release of this one, there has been a musical that has lost more money. But, but it wasn't as badly reviewed, so it's... Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> but that just means they spent more on the production, I guess. Yeah, well, you, yeah, that was the Spider-Man musical. So you'd, <laughs> <laughs> you'd expect... I, def- I forget that they made a Spider-Man musical. Yeah, that... yeah. It does have a name. What's it called? Uh, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> yeah, so that's... We'll get to that. That's, yeah, at okay. that's at the very end of this fucking info dump. Okay, great. Dance of the Vampires... <laughs> I, I want to see it already. <laughs> I'm not sure you do. Uh, and that's about as Halloween-y as it's going to get. Okay. Um, so it's a musical adaptation of the Hammer Horror parody directed by Roman Polanski, The Fearless Vampire Killers. Okay, so the there was a film called Fearless Vampire Killers directed by Polanski. Yeah. And, and this is a... This is a, 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 a musical version okay. of, of that. And the, the the film itself was a parody of Hammer Horror. Yes. The old um, you know, Christopher Lee yeah, Dracula it was, it films. Yeah, it was a, just a, like a, a, a romp. And it was yeah. a, it was really well received, the film. Quite well received, anyway. Well uh, enough to get a, a spin-off stage show. Well, uh, the, it was made in German, the the original show, the, the original, original musical that we're not talking about. Okay. Which is quite successful and still running to this day. Uh, was made in German with music by the guy that wrote uh, Bow Out of Hell. Oh, amazing. Jim Steinman was his name. Uh, it translated to English, added a bit of fancy with the opera, uh, tried to turn it into a Mel Brooks comedy. 
and there's a song about garlic. <laughs> there's a lot context. of elements already floating around there. <laughs> so you've got like, I could see where their heads were. There's a lot of successful things in there. They've got, you know, big successful yeah. names uh, and resources that they're pulling from. So yeah, so Jim Steinman wrote the music uh, for the original musical, the German one, which is... Yeah. Uh, the German version did very well. Uh, Tans der Vampire, uh, the music of which is on Spotify and is actually really good. I just can't understand any of it. Cause it's <laughs> uh, the problem came when they translated it to English. Uh, so, so Tans der Vampire is... Dance of the Vampire. Yeah, Dance of the Vampire in German. Really, really good. Uh, Polanski originally directed... Tans the Vampire when it opened in Vienna in 1997. Okay, he directed the the show as well. The the, the, the original. Okay, show. that's good. Well, that means that you know he's got he's carrying his, his own vision over. Super. Yeah. Uh, for its Broadway release in 2002, so a few years later, uh, the producers promised that Polanski would return to direct it. This did not happen because obviously Polanski had fled America to avoid punishment after allegedly drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, the whole um, Polanski... Yeah, the whole Polanski thing. So the producers sort of said, yeah, we'll get we'll get Polanski over to direct it. And then realised that didn't happen. So they got John Caird, who uh, co-produ- uh, co-directed Les Mis. Okay. To come in and do it. Yeah, fair enough. So he came in and... Um, I mean, big, massively successful musical, so... Yeah, yeah. Knows what he's doing. They still had the music from Steinman. Um, see, translation is hard. Yeah, translating things directly, and the the, the they couldn't get the cadence to fit in English. So like, the, okay, the, so in in German it works really well. It's yeah. really funny. All the all the points are here. So they couldn't quite get it. To work in English, so of course, because they've still got to try and make it fit the the, the same music, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so, so I sort of got a bit lost in translation, and they struggled to make things work. Uh, the rhymes didn't really work, so they had to revise a lot of the lyrics and do all that stuff. Uh, the producers weren't convinced a Broadway audience would understand the campy comedy that the German audiences enjoyed so much. So they tried to cram in as many jokes as they could. <laughs> just let them know just, that this is funny. Yeah, honest. Here's a joke. Here's a joke. Sort of like Mel Brooks yeah. style comedy. Just hammer it home as much as you possibly can. Turn a page. Uh, they also decided they needed a massive name to draw in an audience. Um, so they there was talk of John Travolta maybe taking on the lead role, or, or David Bowie right, was, okay. even, was even thrown out there. I can see Bowie as a vampire. Yeah, uh, but they, they they didn't get get either of those. That's a shame, because Bowie should have done more musical theatre while he was alive, really. I know. It would have been amazing, but I mean, he's obviously very, very busy. Yeah. Um, he was. Anyway. He was at the time, yeah. I'm sure. R.I.P. Bowie. Fucking legend. Uh, but instead, they, they went for... The original Phantom of the Opera. Okay, the guy so they who got, they got Michael Crawford to play yeah. Count von Krolock was the name of the character, and Michael Crawford stepped up and did that. Uh, although they 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 really wanted him, so he he had some demands, some ridiculous demands that I don't know whether they fulfilled all of them. They certainly fulfilled one. Uh, so he allegedly demanded. 
$180,000 a week. I mean, he was the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, but that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Considering for Phantom Broadway. of the Opera, Phantom of the Opera was basically the first one that he... that That's what made him a star. Yeah. It's the only show that made him a star. And then his second show is demanding that. And he had first refusal, should the role go to LA or London. Okay. I mean, I can... Yeah. Which is, is fine. Uh, and the movie role, the movie rights, um, for for the character as well. There's a lot to demand in your contract on but top to, of a huge paycheck. I understand. I understand the movie one because the Phantom of the Opera movie, yeah, didn't cast him as they, they got Gerard Butler. Um, I haven't seen the I Phantom of the Opera it, movie. But, uh, I've not heard good things yeah. though. Yeah, well, I, I I think it probably would have done better had it been Michael Crawford playing the Phantom, but. Whatever, uh, and he wanted some creative license, a lot, <laughs> a lot of creative license with the character. He didn't want it to become. It was written originally as sort of like a parody of the Phantom character, and he wanted to step as far away from, from the that Phantom as, as he could. Possibly yeah. could. So he had some demands. Bit controversial. Uh, he added even more jokes. So, so <laughs> the writers added a lot of jokes. And he went, uh, This isn't funny enough. It's not, it's not funny enough. My character specifically isn't funny enough. So so he took the best jokes that were already written for himself as well. Wow, that's the, um, that's such a dick move. Yeah, regardless of the co-star's feelings and if it made any sense to the character, it didn't matter. He wanted to tell the jokes. Uh, this particularly pissed off, and I'm going to get this wrong, you're going to say this name wrong, uh, René Aubergenoy. Okay. Uh, better Apologies known to... as yeah, better known as Odo from Star Trek: D Space Nine. Uh, she was like the the female lead uh, who, during the previews, literally had to compete with him. This is after the rehearsals had finished. Yeah, yeah. She was literally up on stage competing with Crawford for the spotlight <laughs> and the jokes. So they were still like back and forthing, getting in each other's way. Well, I mean, the previews are like sort of rehearsals at that point anyway but they're like dress rehearsals like yeah. it's the, the show is done it's you a polished show that you yeah don't, you don't change anything yeah. at that point <laughs> his accent because I mean Count Von Crowlock has to have an accent of course so think think Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins <laughs> yeah uh, but with a heavy dose of Mario and Luigi from Super Mario Brothers what why because, and... well because he's he's, he's foreign and where, where have you had? Have you heard this accent, or is that how it was described? That's in? how it's described. I have heard it. I have, I have seen the first scene. Uh, I wouldn't have described it that way, uh, but but it's not good. <laughs> his his excuse for the accent was it made singing because it's it's a rock opera. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. Fuck it all. Uh, it, it made it made it easier for him to sing was his excuse. So you put on yeah. the accent and you're able to sing in in, in the accent. In the accent. And that's the one and he sells on. In that style. Uh, so, so Jim Steinman, have you ever heard of him? Um, possibly. I might have heard of his work. So, so yeah, he, but it's not particularly um, recognisable name. He wrote "Bat Out of Hell" for for Meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, he had a hand in. Oh God, what's it called? Total Clips of the Heart. So, so that kind of music. Yeah. And because he was the composer, lends itself very well to a rock opera. Yeah. 
because he's the composer of this rock opera, he just put those songs basically in the show. So I own the rights to these songs because I wrote them, so I'm going to use them for this as well. well. They're not officially in the show. But but like the music is like this very recognizable music like Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, you know totally. I watched the first the first opening scene of this show and it is there <laughs> and it is heavily referenced. So as, just as phoned it, it in. Oh, like, I've got to do the work. It's I've got just a weekend. A, it's a weak joke, basically. So it's okay. audience, audience recognize the riff and the sing and right. The way okay, so it was very purposely done. To yeah, me. it's a joke. Yeah, um, whether it, it probably works better in the German. Jim Steinman um, didn't go to the opening night. <laughs> he he was not happy. In a later blog, he used the words "utter shit." <laughs> uh, so he was not happy at all uh, when it opened in December ninth, two thousand and two. It had been. Um, Massively delayed because of nine eleven. Okay. Uh, like yeah, yeah. And they put it, put it back, and kept putting it back. Uh, so it came out on December 9th, two thousand eleven, and critics just ripped into it. Uh, for example, I'm going to give you an example of one of the reviews. Uh, the New York Times said there are moments that climb into the stratosphere of legendary badness. Legendary badness. Yep. The New York Times wrote the words legendary badness. That sounds like something Donald Trump would say. Yes. Uh, the fans of Tans the Vampire hated it. And people that didn't know the original, weren't. there was no draw for them anyway. Yeah. So it was just a complete yeah, just shit a... show. Complete shit show. I think they needed, I think it was 600,000 a week to run it. And ticket sales... They were on about sixty thousand a week, so they were they were running like so far yeah. out of it. It's ridiculous, uh, and yeah, it's uh, one of the costliest failures in Broadway history, losing about twelve million dollars, a record that was only Oof. broken by Spider Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> I so, don't have the numbers for Spider Man. I mean, there are so many like stories out there. You hear it all the time in films and stuff of. Um... Studio interference and ridiculous demands and things have to delay and eventually yeah. you just end up with a a project that is so far removed from the original. Yeah, from the original vision for it, and it sounds exactly like what's just happened with that. Like they had all the elements, yeah, and they just fucked around with it too much. <laughs> like they had, they had a successful musical. Yeah, all they had to do was translate it as well as possible there's stuff going on outside apologies for that <laughs> they had all they had to do was translate it to English as well which as which I get is difficult which is difficult but if you put the time and money into that rather than anything yeah. else you have a successful show I mean they had a, they had a great uh, writer for the music mm-hmm. like you'd had success they'd had they got a great star you well, think that might have been the other problem. yeah yeah allowing think... him too much I think don't give him the role. Give it to Bowie. Yeah. Hey, Bowie, whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Just let him do it. But yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, because at least Bowie would have... Oh, actually, I suppose on Broadway, the guy who played the original Phantom would be as much of a draw as Bowie. I doubt it. People because, would pay to see always, him in shows. Yeah, but 
you put Bowie on stage, you're going to get people coming to that anyway. You're gonna yeah, get the broad, you're going to get the Broadway fans and Bowie's fans. And you've got Bat Out of Hell. You've got Jim Steinman writing the music. I would love to have seen Bowie sing any of those songs. And like, Especially uh, one about garlic. <laughs> like, a Mel Brooks-style comedy works on Broadway, like the producers. Yeah, like, the producers are so I good. love the producers. It's really, really funny. And the cast is you know, great in the original production of it. And so that should really, really work, but you do have to trust your audience a bit to not just hammer the point home. Yeah. <laughs> this is a comedy. Like, seriously, find... Like, I'd love the, to see a cheesy camp musical about vampires. That sounds great. Historically, mu- vampires in musicals have not gone well at all. No, I know. The only one I can bizarre. think of that has gone well was Jason Siegel's puppet Dracula <laughs> musical. Yeah. Which, um, if you've seen the film Forgetting Sarah Marshall, it's in some of it's in that. But that got him the job on the Muppets films. Yeah, but, and that's, I mean, that it wasn't a massive budget Broadway. No, show, it was like a little off Broadway. Which, which is where it should work, really. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's, there's a Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula's appeared in many Broadway shows, and none of them have done very well. Any of them. Very unpopular. I don't, I don't. But vampires are so big in movies. Vampires are huge in movies, and it is strange because, like, Dracula, like every film I've seen, there's this huge camp <laughs> production value of it. Like, if you, like the one with Keanu Reeves in it, where he plays Jonathan Harker in um, <laughs> Gary Oldman's Dracula, yeah. Dracula 2000. It's so camp, and it is it, like the production of it should really, really work on stage. It really should. A big cape. Big, yeah, big fangs. If it's you think a, of the um, the overture yeah. from Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> yeah, like Phantom <laughs> really is like that is a a Dracula sort of style story. Basically, is yeah. which is why he was so paranoid. Yeah, Michael Crawford. Getting, he was, yeah, I can understand. He was so par- like, were stepping away from a role. There were interviews with other cast members about his behaviour, and he was li- he was terrified anyone would link it with yeah associate yeah I mean I can understand that's maybe why they cast him in that role though why would you, yeah but that's his worry why yeah. would he take that role because all, like, all you've got to be is the Phantom but a joke version of it yeah don't if you're worried about it being too much like Phantom and being typecast don't take, don't take the, the role. role let Bowie do it damn it I mean you were the Phantom you, you probably at this point got any role you want to choose from. Yeah. Like, you're a name you on could, Broadway. You could continue doing Phantom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to kick you out of bed. Yeah, but that's, that's uh, that Dance of the Vampires. You can find the music for Tans the Vampire on Spotify. If you know German, you'll probably appreciate it more. But yeah, it's, it's a good laugh. But try and find that. You can find like the first, uh, the opening scene of Dance of the Vampires on YouTube, and it is... Like so the dancing is fantastic, the music is brilliant, the set is so cool. But as soon as they start singing or talking, it's just it's just shit. <laughs> it's so bad, so bad. <laughs> and I like musicals. You don't even like musicals. I'm not a huge fan of musicals. I appreciate musical, but <laughs> I, I I would rather see a play. I'd watch anything other than that opening scene ever again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm gonna have to try and find it. That sounds that sounds terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, after after I must researching watch it. and reading all that, you see it. 
<laughs> you yeah. just see it. That's oh god. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Moving on. Toys and games. Toys and games. Toys and games. We're going to talk about a game that oh, has. I just lost the game. Oh, just lost the game. <laughs> So all of our listeners, who are, I really hope someone's driving is just yeah. like our Oh, you bastards! Yeah. That'll be me at work. Yeah. I'll listen, I'll listen to this at work. I'm going to totally forget that I've done that. Oh. Um, but we're going to we're going to talk about a game that has caused even more arguments than the game has. Monopoly. 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 Yeah, everyone yeah. knows it's like from the moment you're choosing your pieces, everyone wants to be the race car. I don't. Top hat. Yeah. <laughs> you know me so well. Yeah, I do. Um, but anyway, so Monopoly. This is like arguably the most popular board game in the world. It's sold in over 111 different countries and has been translated into 43 different languages. Good hell. Yeah. The longest running game of Monopoly lasted for 70 days straight. Oh, what? Yeah. How? I mean, I assume they took breaks to sleep and stuff, but... 70 days. 70 days. Um, the most expensive game board ever made was made by designer Sidney Marbell. Okay. It is a 23 carat board with diamond encrusted dice. Fuck off. And costs over $2 million. Why? Um, why Why pay that much money for something you're just going to flip the game? going to get thrown across a room. In 2007, a copy of it was sent into space. Fucking <laughs> hell. Of all the things. The first ever version uh, that was sold by Parker Brothers Company. Do you know which uh, famous city it was based on? Um, A little pub quiz trivia. The original one. The original city. Oh, wow. I mean, it's London and New York, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm going to say London and New York. No, it was Atlantic City. Oh, no way. Yeah, cool. That's, yeah. And there is a reason for it, which we'll get into, because we're going to okay. talk a little bit about the history of it. Uh, so the first version of the game, published by Parker Brothers, that we know, um, was uh, sold to them by a man named Charles Darrow in the okay. early 1930s. So it first came on sale in uh, 1933. Okay. Um, and the game uh, had huge and parallel success and has made Darrow a uh, millionaire, like overnight, basically. He, <laughs> he got so much money from royalties on it. Yeah. However, he didn't invent it. Yeah, I've heard. I think I've heard the, a, a version of the story. So I was sure it was a woman that invented it. Yeah, in the early 1900s, a woman named Elizabeth Maggie or Lizzie to her friends yeah. uh, created the Landlord's Game. Right. She described it to a political magazine as a practical demonstration of the present system of land grabbing with all its usual outcomes and consequences. Yeah. The landlord's game aimed to seize on the natural human instinct to compete. She actually wrote up two sets of rules for it. <laughs> One was close to the rules that we're familiar with, and these were called the uh, Monopoly rules. Right. And there was a, a different set of rules, which... House uh, rules. <laughs> allowed everybody to prosper at once. Oh, so okay. if everything went well for everybody, everybody got it. So instead of you trying to compete for land and money and you're sharing the wealth, you're sharing the wealth as it's created. So her aim was to try and teach you the pitfalls of a capitalist system. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd play it both ways and yeah. you'd prefer it the other way, basically. 
it was supposed to be very, very anti-monopolist. <laughs> Great. But the version of the rules that seemed to have stuck around were the first set of rules where you the aim of the game was to create a monopoly. Oh, fucking hell. Because um, people like winning. Yeah. <laughs> but we all win, or one person wins and everybody else loses. Yeah, but you won. Was her win. point. So it caught on with her version of the game. She published it out of New York with a company that she had a, a major share in. And it caught on with leftist in, intellectuals and people like college students. It banded around colleges for a long time. The original version. Yeah, her version, the, when, when the landlords. The so she published it in 1903. Oh, fucking hell. So for about three decades, her version of it banded around until it got to uh, Atlantic City, uh, where it's picked up by a group of Quakers. And that is how a version of it got to Charles Darrow through a friend. And then he sat down and realised that he didn't have a full set of the rules. So he kind of tweaked the rules slightly and the board slightly in his own design, and that is what he took to Parker Brothers, now Hasbro, and that's what they published. Wow. So he became a millionaire overnight. Um, Lizzie Maggie also got paid for her patent on the Landlord's game. She made $500. Fuck, is that all? With no royalties. Wow. On Monopoly. Which, at first, she was delighted with. Because it's a small game. Yay, yeah, oh, and it's, she's just happy people are playing it. And then when she realised how much she had been screwed over. Wow. What a fucking piss take. Yeah. I mean, she, um, she was massively politically minded. And very, very left-leaning. As demonstrated by her inventing a game to try and teach yeah. people the pitfalls of capitalism, and basically just try and be kind to one another <laughs> in our economy, <laughs> uh, and then she got screwed over by capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! What a fucking jit! Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a horrible story because it is now like. Every house has got a version of Monopoly. We don't. Do we not? We've got... Oh, no, that's Cluedo. I was going to yeah. say we've got Sherlock Monopoly, but we've got Sherlock Cluedo. Yeah, don't have a... We don't have a Monopoly. In we don't house. have a Monopoly. But there's all sorts... Of, there's, you know, there's Game of Thrones Monopoly, yeah. there's Disney Monopoly, there's a Monopoly for Everything. every major city in the world now. Um, it's it's insane. It's a huge... And, you know, there's online versions and apps, and there's the McDonald's Monopoly. It's a really recognisable, like... You can make your own Monopoly world. So you yeah. can customise a Monopoly board for someone's birthday and have significant places in their life, kind of thing. It's a huge game, and the woman who invented it, it... And it's... What is fascinating is become completely the opposite of what it was intended to be. <laughs> it now celebrates individualism and capitalism. Oh, God damn. When it was supposed to be about teaching people to work, work as a community. And... Oh, the world's fucked, man. <laughs> I did think it was a, a fairly appropriate story with a rather important election for the world just around the corner. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, that'll only be a couple of days away when this gets released. Yeah. Oh, God damn. That's terrifying as well. Oh, my God. This, this, you said you didn't have anything planned for Halloween. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> this has turned into a, the most terrifying thing. But yeah, that was that's all I've really got on toys and games. Um, oh my god, what's your favourite game? 
My favourite game. game. My favourite board game. Or oh, I do like. I quite like Cluedo. Actually, no. I think it might be Betrayal at House oh on Hill. Oh my god! If, it's so good that game. Yeah. Which, if you haven't played it, it's not as it's not a particularly famous game. There's a little bit of role playing sort of involved, but you're essentially uh, a character in a horror film walking around a a house that grows a haunted mansion. Yeah, which and the board only you only discover bits of the board as you play. So good. Betrayal of House on the Hill. Betrayal at House on the Hill. At House on the Hill, I believe. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, so good. that we is need, really we need good. Need a fun. copy of that. I need a copy of that game. So good. But then there'd be no one to play with because no one can come round. Yeah, exactly. Oh, great. Ah, oh, shall we move on? Sure. Cool. Movies. Movies is, is this one. Yeah. Uh, so I asked. I asked Luke to get. Uh, a couple of things. Well, I'll, I'll get to that bit. Okay. It's, it's only a short thing. Uh, so, what makes a good movie quote? What makes it like what genuine question? What do you think makes a good movie quote? Um, I suppose that I I would argue that there's got to be something in the delivery. Okay. Um, the actor has got to be involved in some way. Um, it's got to be memorable. Yeah. Um, whether or not that is in or out of context, I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, I think I think the context of how it's said is actually important. Okay, I'm going to go so back on that. I think that if the scene around it is works, good, you will remember, the quote, remember the quote better. Yeah. Uh, so some movies are quotable because of the quality of the writing. Yeah. For example, uh, William Goldman, uh, a writer, a movie writer, uh, has written some of the most iconic lines. Is it safe? From Marathon Man. Uh Think he used enough dynamite there, Butch, for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's such a good line. Uh, and my name is Inigo Montoya. Nice. You killed my father. Prepare to die. That might be my favourite film. I love From that the film. The Princess Bride. That was those three were all written by William Goldman. He's won two Oscars, two Eggers, a Hugo, and a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Board of Review. So, I mean, a lot of credit goes to him for a lot of a lot a lot of movie quotes, and and a lot of them are written into the script and. They writers deserve a lot of the credit, but also actors. Like you said, it's, it's sometimes the delivery of the lines that are are said. Like, is it safe? Uh, it's just an innocuous phrase. Is it, like, is it safe? But if you if you whisper it in a German accent, yeah, then it all of a sudden you know it's terrifying, yeah. and you know where that's from. But you know, some some actors come out with lines themselves, like improvising. So uh, I'm walking here, Midnight Cowboy. Dustin Hoffman came up with yeah, that. that's a really famous story because yeah. the he taxi was wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the taxi was supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be in the road. Uh, are you talking to me, taxi driver? Yeah, that's an improvised scene. Improvised scene that all the script said was uh, uh, what's his, what's the character's name? Travis Bickle. Tra- yeah, all, all the script said was Travis talks himself in the mirror, and that's what uh, Robert De Niro came up with. Uh, the skeleton ran out of shampoo in the shower is an improvised line. That's one that I know from Anchorman, Will Ferrell, told to come up with just vocal warm-ups that an Anchorman might say. That was one of them. <laughs> uh, I love that as one. Uh, in my opinion, I think that a good movie quote is both at the same time vague enough to apply to everything and specific enough to identify as a movie quote. Okay. If you see what I mean. So it's got it's got to be vague enough to have an applicable meaning to everything, but also 
it only applies to one thing. Frankly, my dear, I do not give a damn springs yeah. to mind. Yeah, so everyone knows that quote yeah. in that situation, delivered that way. But also, you could say it wherever the fuck you want, and it still works. It's brilliant. And I'm walking here. Yeah. I'm walking... Like, everyone knows it as a movie quote. Everyone knows. But everyone knows the, you yeah, can say it whenever you it. want. Uh, so I've come up with a game, okay, a fun game, which I've asked you to prepare for. Yep, I have. I've got a list of movie quotes. With, I wasn't with... sure how specific to go, or because I don't know what the game is, I don't know what the rules of the game are. Yes. So this could either be really easy or really difficult for whoever it is. That... Uh, I think it's going to be both, because we're both going to do this. Okay. okay? I'm going to put um, uh, maybe 90 seconds on a clock, on a timer. Okay. I'm going to play really loud music in your ears. why and then I'm going to read out movie quotes and you've got to read my lips trying to like saying what the movie quote is and then get the movie from the movie quote that's fun yes so I while I was doing the washing up I searched death metal (laughs) (laughs) on uh, random random Spotify. Spotify yeah and there we go that so at the moment, uh, currently playing is uh, "As Good as Dead" by the Black Dahlia Murder. Okay, are you as as loud as we can? Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move over here and I'm I'm gonna talk a little bit quieter so that you definitely can't hear, but so they can hear. Okay. Uh, you're you're gonna want to try and repeat what I say at an appropriate volume. At an appropriate <laughs> volume. <laughs> Ready? Yeah, I guess. Can you hear me? Can you hear me at all? That is some heavy thrash. That is some heavy thrash. That's some death metal right there. Can you hear? Can you hear, can you hear what I'm saying? Can you hear me? Can you can you hear me? I've not start. I've not started the game yet. Can I you, think you're saying, "Can you hear me?" And I absolutely <laughs> can't. Ready? Let's go. You talking to me? You talking to me? Name the film. Uh, taxi driver. Yes. Uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Give me out again. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh, Apocalypse Now. Yes. E.T. Phone Home. E.T. Phone Home. (laughs) E.T. Rosebud. Citizen Kane. (laughs) I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Give me that one again. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I have no idea. I ate, try and say it. Try and say what I'm saying. I, I ate. You can't hear me. Yeah, I ate his liver with some fava beans. And then what are you saying? I don't know if you're quoting anything. I ate again. I ate his liver with some fava beans and then nice. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Show me the money. Give me again. Show me the money. Show me the money. Oh, um, Jerry Maguire. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Again. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. One more time. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Seven? <laughs> no. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Give me hell. <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. No. That's 2001 A Space Odyssey. And that is your time! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take the headphones off now. Yeah, that was fair. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we got as far as number seven. That music uh, is really distracting. <laughs> yeah. 
the last one was open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. From 2001, A Space Odyssey. I got open. You got open. <laughs> so you got six out of the 15 I prepared. Okay. I also have 15 prepared. Awesome. Right, let's swap places. Okay. So don't shout them, and I'm going to try and repeat them back to you. Ready? Yeah. Oh, my played? God. Yeah, it's loud, right? Can you hear what? me? Can you hear me? Have you started? No. <laughs> oh. This is fun. I'm just going to sit here and talk shit about Andy for a little while while he... Uh... What? <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. I'm going to go. With okay. That, okay. Go. I wish I knew how to quit you. What are you saying? I wish I knew I how to quit you. I will change you or watch you. I wish I knew how to quit you. I have you. no idea what that is. I will. I will. I want. I wish. I wish. I knew how to quit you. <laughs> I wish that I was 22. We'll move on. Next okay. one. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Uh, see, I didn't know what we were doing, so I'm just going to have to try and find... Okay, here we go. You can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. Uh, uh men. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. Uh, I, I, I. I'll have. I am. I'll I have what she's <laughs> having. I drink your milkshake. Nope. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. I like cheesecake. <laughs> I'll I, have. I have. What she's having. you. I've watched Rear Window. No, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> I'm so. This is amazing. <laughs> laugh it up, fuzzball. Let let me laugh it up, fuzzball. There's no crying in baseball. Look at the room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking hell! That's so difficult. <laughs> you did so well. That's so so distracting. See, I didn't know what we were doing, so I was looking through to try and find the easier ones for you. Oh, like right. I was trying to find shorter ones because I didn't want you just to get lost in some of the longer quotes. Yeah. So you got um, two. <laughs> no, you got um, you can't handle the truth from yeah. a few good men. The first one was I wish I knew how to quit you. Oh, okay. From yeah. Brookback Mountain. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we tried, I'll have what she's having. Oh, <laughs> so much like cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> From when Harry met Sally. And then the last one, laugh it up, fuzzball. Oh, that would have been so... Oh, my God. Okay, um, I'm going to quickly go the, through... What quotes did you have? Yeah, I'm going to quickly go through the other ones I had. So we've got... Um, number two was, what's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss? Oh, I wouldn't have thought that, I don't think. Oh, No Country for Old Men. Oh, shit. Of course. Yeah, great film. Great yeah. scene. Um, number three, a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. That's uh, Wolf of Wall Street? No, the social network. Oh, sh- oh, shit. You don't understand. I could have been... I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Ooh, I nearly had that one and then thought it was too long. Yeah, it is. I didn't want to use it for this game, but... Oh, God. Oh, God Famous scene, yeah. Brando, on the waterfront. On the waterfront. Right, um, what we've got here is failure to communicate. 
Cool hand, Luke. That would that would have been funny for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Casablanca. Yep. As you wish. As you wish. It's not Wishmaster, is it? The one, that shit film. <laughs> no, that shit. Oh, no, we've already spoken about this film briefly. It is like it's. This is one that is only famous because of the context. It's one of those that you know, generic, but the context makes it famous. Ooh, I don't know then. As you wish. Don't know. Princess Bride. Oh, okay. Inconceivable. <laughs> Another good example. Um, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Oh, uh, 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 Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. I was just going to say Harry Hill, and I was like, that's not right. A boy's best friend is his mother. Psycho, that's one of mine. I've got that one down as well. Um, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Dr. Strangely. Yeah, that's one of my favourite quotes. <laughs> um, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. That's uh, the, the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Laughing up first of all. And number 15, um, <laughs> which I almost went to, but I thought it was a bit too long. I did not hit her. I. It's not true. <laughs> it's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. That's such a good quote. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, I fucking love the room. It's, it's so bad. Do you want to hear the rest of mine? Yeah. So I heard you can't handle the truth as well. Yeah. Few good men. Uh, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Jaws. I always had that one. I'm the king of the world. Titanic. Yes. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog too. Had that one. There's no crying in baseball. League of Their Own. Uh, a boy's best friend is his mother. Psycho. Here's Johnny. The Shining. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious and don't come with Shirley. Airplane. Those those were the ones that I didn't get to. You absolutely fucking smashed that. I mean, I was much better than you were. <laughs> yeah. When when you were doing it, I was like, "Can you hear me? This is amazing. He's doing so well. This is this is really easy. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna smash this." Couldn't hear a single fucking word. <laughs> yeah, that was so difficult. <laughs> it's quite a good game, though. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I ridiculous. Oh, I did so badly. Uh, let's move on. Sure. To my miscellaneous round. Woo! Um, we're still in an uncertain time. Yeah. All, nearly all international travel has been halted due to the world ending. I miss, I, I quite like flights. I like a long haul flight. Okay, yeah. Um, I do. Yeah, you sit there, you're on your way to somewhere new and exotic, perhaps something you've never been before, you're on a holiday... You sit there, let the world kind of melt away for a bit, maybe put a film on, read a book. Yeah. It's so frustrating, though, when flights have to either get cancelled or are in the air and get turned around or have to make an emergency stop. Yeah. And it can happen for a myriad of reasons. Okay. Common occurrence is birds getting uh, hitting the windscreen, cracking it, or getting into the engine, Yeah. for example. Uh, but there are... As I said, lots of different reasons why oh, certain flights have had to turn around <laughs> or make emergency landings. And here is just a few. Amazing! <laughs> um, <laughs> so, there was one flight which was... Uh, the pilot stopped the flight because of a sudden spike in temperature and he was sure that there was a fire on board. Right. There was no fire. Okay. The flight was transporting 
a herd of cattle in its cargo bay, and the methane produced by this herd of cattle <laughs> was what produced the heat spike. <laughs> so that's number one, cow farts. I mean, to be fair, cows, without any context, with no, they don't know what's happening. No, what? yeah, like their inner ears for would be going fucking mental. <laughs> I how, how I didn't even know they flew cattle anywhere. Apparently so. That's that's fucking weird. Yeah, um, air traffic. I think most of air traffic is currying goods rather than. Oh yeah, like, goods. People. Goods I get. <laughs> goods, goods I get, but live and livestock cattle, apparently. Livestock. Oh, I cannot picture that. That'd be so just a plane full of chickens. Um, this is the end of farting related mishaps a Transylvania Airlines uh, flight from Dubai to Amsterdam is this is this Dracula unfortunately we have moved on from our Halloween themes Uh, but no a fight broke out between passengers over a particular passenger's continuous flatulence (laughs) stop fucking farting and so the flight had to be grounded (laughs) wow who's the like, is it like came to blows? Kind yeah. Of wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> There's no air marshal or someone on the plane to stop that shit. I don't think the plane had a jail, <laughs> to be fair. Like, yeah, but there's, there's air marshals and stuff. They have got, yeah, there to land the flight and remove the passengers. Wow. Were... Carry on fighting down on the ground. <laughs> How bad does someone's flatulence yeah, have to be? To start <laughs> to a off. fight. <laughs> I mean, mine's bad. Yeah, but it hasn't started a fight yet. <laughs> it's come close, I think. Yeah, I think it has. <laughs> um, um, you've seen the film Snakes on a Plane? <laughs> I haven't, actually. Have you not seen Snakes on a Plane? No, I've seen Snakes on a Train. <laughs> <laughs> well, an Aero-Mexico Air- flight uh, had to be grounded after a snake slid out of an overhead cabin. <laughs> mid-flight. No one knows how it got on there, if it was smuggled yeah, on, if bullshit, it slid on no its own. Yeah. There's so, no official reporting of it. Uh, two that. passengers managed to catch it using uh, towels and magazines and held on to it until animal control could come and safely take it away. Wow. Absolute heroes. <laughs> uh, and in a similar event, a flight out of Egypt had to be grounded after a passenger smuggled on a venomous cobra. <laughs> <laughs> Why?! Why is so important? How do you te- how do you get it through metal detectors and stuff? Well, it's not made of metal. It's a snake. Yeah, not not metal, like, not, but they scan, they X-ray every bag. I have no idea. I don't. I... You've got to stick it in a airtight lead-lined case. How the hell have they managed to get a live cobra on a plane? Which then escaped and forced yeah. the forced the plane what to ground. The fuck? Jesus Christ, people! French actor Gérard Depardieu. Yeah, I've seen him in films. Off of movies. Off of movies. Quite a famous actor. Was denied use of the toilet during takeoff. No, the passenger seatbelt sign was on. Yeah. He needed to go to the toilet. Wasn't allowed. Tried to pee into a bottle where right. he was sat, um, which overflowed, creating a biohazard, meaning that the plane had to be grounded. <laughs> oh, Gérard. You silly bastard. <laughs> Create a biohazard. 
I mean, well, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It like sense, it's yeah. it's it's bodily fluids. Yeah. You it's, don't want yeah. that floating around. <laughs> oh Remember, you're God. in like a sealed tin tube that's yeah. flying through the air, so they they've got to observe certain <sighs> precautions. Get a bigger bottle. <laughs> <laughs> or pinch it. Just hold on. Yeah. Give it five minutes oh, while God. you take off. <laughs> okay, so an American Airlines uh, flight from LA to New York, cross country airline, yeah. um, had to land in Kansas City. This one might be my favourite. <laughs> they had to land to unload a particular passenger. It was a woman who, shortly after takeoff, started singing, I will always love you. <laughs> At the top of her voice. Amazing. And wouldn't stop. Fucking amazing. I don't know how long it takes to get from LA to Kansas City, but she was still yeah. singing when she was escorted <laughs> off the plane. And like Kansas, like my American geography isn't perfect, but I'm pretty sure that's like right in the middle of the country, so yeah. halfway through. So you're talking at least an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, longer. I think yeah, three hours, two to three hours. <laughs> Sing Just Dolly at Parton. the top of her voice. That's so good. That is so good. That's got to be a a dare or a bet. She lost yeah, her bet. Yeah, because there's no way that, like, in my, the first thought was, God, she must have just been really drunk and loving life, but <laughs> for for that length of time. I mean, I'm, like, I'm surprised your voice can hold out that long saying that. Uh, right? Well, that's, that's, that's some impressive. big notes. Yeah. That is impressive. Whether or not she was singing it well, we don't know. I'm assuming it wasn't. That's so good. That is so good. <laughs> I really want to. I want to be on that flight. <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh God, well, I don't. Not, not next to her. Like, <laughs> far enough away that I can like go. Oh, it's hilarious. Put my headphones on. Yeah, but she's still going. Bloody hell, we're almost in Kansas. <laughs> not in Kansas anymore, mate. <laughs> And uh, last one, uh, there are several flights which have had to turn around because of bad smells and <coughs> people clogging up the toilets. Oh, lovely. But there was one I've got written down in particular, this BA flight out of Heathrow to Dubai, okay. 30 minutes after takeoff. Um, oh, that's, a, that's not a short flight either. No, but I mean, it's only 30 minutes and they had to turn around and go back to Heathrow. Oh, they went back, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Famous after take off someone and I quote decorated uh, the inside of the inside of the toilet cubicle, <laughs> which created such a strong smell that the pilot called a meeting of the cabin crew to figure out how they were going to handle the situation. <laughs> so, like immediately, you could just close off the toilet and go right. That's dumb. There's another toilet on board. We're not going in there until it can be cleaned in Dubai or what have you. But no, the smell was so strong and so bad that the pilot... <laughs> Isn't the cabin, like, what, the, the cockpit, like, airlocked and, 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 like, stuff? So how did they... How did the pilot know that the smell was so bad? I, I don't think I've ever been in a commercial cockpit. So I don't know how... How airtight it is. How airtight <laughs> it is, but obviously the smell managed to make it oh through. Oh, God. If I was so ill that get my bowels wounded. could do that, <laughs> I would not get on a flight. 
You say that, but you have been so ill. I was empty by the time I got up the floor, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> Oh my god, decorated the bathroom. Oh, that's so good. What a description. Yes. That paints an, that paints an image in my head, I have to say. Wow. No, I've never been so ill. I, I love flying. Yeah, I, I kind of miss long-haul flights. It's Not been a while since I've to... I just like flying on, in planes. An hour and a half to Scotland or something. It's just a fun little tiny plane. Loads of turbulence. Says. <laughs> More turbulence, the better. Yeah, you want if you're not shitting yourself, if you're not decorating the inside of your pants, <laughs> you haven't flown. <laughs> oh god! Right, that, that, is that everything? That's all I've got for yeah. Bizarre reasons that planes have been grounded. Awesome! Fucking love that. <laughs> Let's grab the oh, coffee. Let's grab the fares. Grab the fares. Oh. Figure out what it is we're doing so on I've, the next show. So I've got miscellaneous, don't I? You've got the miscellaneous. Oh, you, you need to fold these, mate. And I need <laughs> to remind myself what I've got left <laughs> when I've got to research. Yeah, right, right. Let's let's properly get the folding. Yeah. Get some cheeky little shakeage. Okay, here we go. We haven't had sport for a while. Yeah, so I'd like someone to get sport. Oh, I've got two here, so I'll just right, open cool. one, then you open, then I open another. So I, I've got film. I've got music. Excellent. Two open goals there, surely. <laughs> and classic lit. Oh, nice. I feel another Shakespeare round. <laughs> Absolutely with classic Luke. <laughs> classic Luke with classic lit. Uh, yeah, so that's that's, film that's, that's and our classic that's lit. our show. That's our show. Reminder for Luke, next time you're doing film and classic lit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> Just to annoy you. Uh, so yeah, thanks, thanks for listening to Voice for TV. Thank you so much for listening to Voice for TV. He has been Andy. And he has not. And we shall see you on the next show. Yeah. Oh, oh what have we learnt this week? Oh, what have we? Yeah, for... <laughs> we'll just edit. I'll edit around this, but yeah. shall I? No, definitely not. So what have we learned this week, Andy? Well, this week we've learned that the worst musical ever was based on a film by a rapist. And we... <laughs> and perhaps... Oh, I'm not sure if this is even more depressing, but the game that teaches our children to be greedy capitalists was actually intended to teach them the opposite. Yeah. We've also learned that you can decorate a bathroom with one simple step. <laughs> <laughs> And that movie quotes could literally be fucking anything. They really could. I I love movie quotes. (laughs) Fucking love a good movie quote. Uh, So yeah, thanks for listening for Voice for TV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, at the top of this it said, we're getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I'm dying. Thanks for listening. He's been Luke. And he's been Andy. See you next time! Thank you for listening to Voice for TV. If you want to follow us on any of the social medias, just search for Voice for TV. We are basically on all of them. Uh, I've been Andy. You can find me on Twitter at Andy underscore Cantalon or on Instagram at Andy Cantalon. If you want to get hold of Luke, just... 
crawl around your bedroom whispering into the carpet his name and then hopefully he'll hear that. I don't know how it works, you'd have to ask him. Uh, you can drop us an email at voiceforTV at gmail.com. Give us an email, tell us something interesting, and then go go to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And instead of writing a review, give us five stars and then tell us an interesting fact that we might not know, just a little factoid. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to read. Yeah, thanks to Jack Smith for the music, and thanks to Jenny Brown for the artwork. And thank you guys for listening. Just, you know, just keep doing that. Bye-bye. Next flight. Go on. <laughs> Go on, pick a song. Pick a song and just scream it as loud as you can. Don't sing it. Scream that shit. See how long it takes. Bangerang Skrillex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many words that are in that song, but.